0: Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Rosborn and I'm joined once again by Pastor Jason.
2: Actually, we are joined once again by you. Welcome
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I am back. So uh, thanks for, uh, for uh, filling in for me last week and uh aaron is with us as well Hiya.
0: Yeah. yeah i wasn't was...
1: here yet wait a minute so last week i was here aaron yeah was here.
0: andrew was here i wasn't here becca was here
1: oh right now you're getting my schedule all confused all right JK. what Go year is it <laughs> so now aaron and i are both back that's the point yeah. <laughs> all right well this week we uh talked a little bit about Nicodemus and Jesus, uh, and when they met and talked about uh, love and the kingdom of God. And so we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Uh, so what we, what we saw in the story is that Jesus was willing to have a difficult conversation with Nicodemus uh, and to maybe get into a topic that Nicodemus wasn't expecting. So we wanna talk a little bit about how we could do that with our friends and neighbors
2: certainly challenged nicodemus's uh way of thinking yeah exactly which worked by the way we can talk about that later Uh, it took a while but it worked
0: i mean i do love how like jesus's main tactic all the way through the bible is i'm gonna confuse the crap out of these people (laughs) and then they're gonna think about stuff and come back to the realization of the end
2: (laughs) yeah nicodemus walks away right um, but he pops up a couple more times it takes essentially the entire three years of jesus ministry for us to find what the spirit has been doing uh inside of him uh yeah. in that amount of time right
0: but he's you know, like the ultimate jedi mind trick where he's like you know this is this is what you need to be knowing
2: <laughs> i want to say this about nicodemus too because this is some feedback i got from from the preaching this weekend is and it, it certainly has been true of me um Many, many times I've heard Nicodemus preached about, and often we hear him um, portrayed or depicted as um, sort of an antagonist or um, Jesus is, is um, sparring with him, uh, yeah. you know, trying, to, trying to put him in his place a little bit. Um, and that's true that the Pharisees often antagonize Jesus. Um, however, Nicodemus comes... Uh, Doing some the, the way Nicodemus phrases his question, I think, is really not his question. His assertion is really important. Um, what he says is, uh, "We know that you are the one sent. You are a teacher from God." Which, by the way, is exactly what the Pharisees were looking for. Right. And so, Nicodemus, I think, is a searcher more than anything. More than more certainly more than an antagonist. He didn't show up to Jesus. I don't think to poke you know poke him or antagonize him he showed up looking for something.
1: Yeah, and there were times where the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up, and it specifically said that, but it didn't say that for this experience with Nicodemus. That's right. a great point. And,
2: and Jesus' interaction with him really isn't of the flavor. You know, when, when Jesus wants to be mean to Pharisees, he, he knows how to be mean to Pharisees. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You'll know
1: when he's putting the smack down. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's really important, too, because, I mean, it's so weird. Like, I remember in my childhood, like, people being like, don't be like Nicodemus, Demas, right? right? Like if Jesus comes to you, you come back. And it's like, I kind of got this weekend that it's like, well, it wasn't his, that, that wasn't his process. His right. process was different. Like, and Jesus kind of knew that I think. And so it was like, he needed to process his own way. And Jesus, like when he went away, Jesus was not like, oh, I'm condemning you for going away from me, right? He was like, no, you've got to do your process to get right. back to me.
1: Yeah, right. I think Pastor Scott made that this point earlier in the week that uh, when Jesus says, you're the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things how how you expect other people to, uh, it comes across maybe as like, you're dumb Nicodemus. But really, he's he's more saying like, this is why I'm here, to explain these things. You've come to the right place. Right.
0: Exactly.
2: Do what you're doing. Ask the questions. Uh, Which is an important posture for us too, because again the part of the point of our message was there are nicodemuses or nicodemi
0: (laughs) (laughs) there are
2: are nicodemuses all around us um which which is people who um certainly will make assertions i I mean i i I could give you the modern equivalent of nicodemus's assertion pretty easily which is jesus was a good teacher has a lot of good things to say Yep, Yeah, there are lots of people who make that sort of, I'll I'll call it the halfway assertion. Um, Yeah. And so it's important, right? What's our posture toward them? How do we how do we perceive that? Um, Do you perceive that as an attack and then the the guards go up? Or is it maybe more like Nicodemus where there's a genuine question here? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's even some common ground, right? There's Nicodemus didn't he missed a big piece of the answer. But there's some common ground, right? Jesus was, in fact, a teacher from God. Yeah. He's, in fact, a teacher from God. So he was not wrong about that. Um,
1: but he didn't have the whole story.
2: Yeah, there's just a big puzzle piece. You know, Jesus essentially says to him, you're looking, you're searching. And what you are searching for is here standing in front of you. Um, you don't currently have the, the eyes or the mindset to see it.
1: Yeah, and so- I think
0: that's so funny because like, I always feel like the more that I know, the more I actually have to like hold myself back when I come across somebody that's like that, because it's like, I just want to spew everything that I know at them, like exactly in that moment to like prove to them, you know, it's like, I mean, that's my natural reaction. And I have to hold myself back and be like, wait a minute. That's not how this works
2: <laughs> It's not what I'm right now. Yeah.
0: Right. So that's what I like about Jesus. Cause Jesus could have just like flat out, Laid it all out for Nicodemus, right? Yeah. But he's like, I don't want it to be that way. I want you to come to me. I want you to come find me.
2: I want to make one more point about Nicodemus and the interaction with Jesus, and then we'll talk about like how this relates to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I think this is really cool. Uh, Nicodemus, Jesus talks about talks to Nicodemus about being born again. And by the way, just briefly, uh, the reason that Nicodemus misunderstands is because the word Jesus uses for again the greek word is onathan and it has two meanings uh it can mean again once more um, or it can also mean from above um, oh. from god oh. and so jesus is saying to him you must be born onathan you must be born from above you must be born of what god uh offers mm-hmm. nicodemus hears that as you have to be born a second time and i'm sure he knows the two meanings uh, but he gets tripped up over which one Jesus is asking. So that's again why Nicodemus is a little bit confused. It's not that he's trying to be obstinate. It's that the the thing Jesus is saying is a little bit cloudy. Right. Uh, that's not the point I wanted to make. Why does Nicodemus? Why does Jesus talk to Nicodemus about being born? The reason is a Pharisee, such as Nicodemus, traces his heritage, his 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 certainty, his salvation, his trust is in his birth. His heritage connected to Abraham so they trace all their their lineage back to Abraham and they say because I'm part of Abraham's family that's how I know I'm I'm within God's plan oh right so the the lineage into which Nicodemus was born was his source of hope therefore Jesus talks about what he offers in terms of being born we can see a similar thing happening with the woman at the well right uh they come uh to the well they are thirsty She is drawing water. So how does Jesus talk about his gospel message? He doesn't talk about born again in that case. He talks about living water. Right. The idea, the point I want to make is in both cases, we can see Jesus, um, I'll say, tailoring the message to the situation or the context or the thing the person needs. Yeah. That's just a really good skill for us too, right? It's the same gospel message. It's the same thing is being offered, which is relationship with Jesus. Right. Uh, but he presents it in in the way that matches what the person is looking for or what they need
1: yeah that's good so would we, let's talk a little bit about how for it. your situation of that that person who uh they see the like jesus is a good guy but he's not he's not the god of the universe mm-hmm. uh, what does this look like when you're talking with them
2: yeah i think i would answer that question i would need to know the answer of one more question um, and that question would be what is it that they're looking for mm-hmm. why are, you are so this person this hypothetical person is incorporating Jesus into their story into their framework what are they trying to achieve you know are they are they feeling hopeless then I would then I would present the message to Jesus in terms of hope are they feeling um, maybe lacking purpose right um, Jesus has a lot of nice things to say about purpose Then I would put the message in terms of 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 finding purpose. Are they lonely? Then I might have a message. I might present it in terms of community or connection. Mm -hmm. Does that answer the question muddily enough? I think so.
0: Yeah, it always makes me think of Paul, where he's like, you know, I've become all things for all people, like. I mean, like, that's the whole point of the gospel is like, it is for everybody. You just have to figure out. And that was kind of, you know, what Jesus did better than anything else was he could see into people's hearts and know exactly what message of his they needed at that time, which we don't have that superpower, obviously.
2: (laughs) We don't have the superpower, but we can, we can, through conversation, we can start to get an idea of
0: Oh, exactly, exactly. But it just takes us a little longer than like the very first interaction we have with people. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> to tell us.
0: I know, right?
2: <laughs> That's kind of the takeaway point. Is is when before you jump right to the gospel message, is take the time in conversation to find out what it is that they're looking for, how you can best match that up. Um,
1: yeah,
0: and so- in that way, I think we're all, we all have Nicodemuses where everybody's searching for something, Yeah. right? You're not just like stagnant, like, oh, my life's good. I'm good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some people will say that, right? Um,
0: yeah, but that's not reality
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, to the idea of we called this sermon needing love and the idea is that Jesus gives us an example of love this interaction with nicodemus even as he's being a little bit challenging as he is not willing to agree to, or leave nicodemus where he is um actually he doesn't really even agree with nicodemus he yeah he doesn't disagree with he just doesn't address that <laughs> <laughs>
0: right
2: uh, but he's Which not is a willing. lesson for us yeah he is not willing to go along or or go yeah go along with you're a good teacher nothing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a picture of what it means for us to be loving, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so I want to talk more about that. Um, because Nicodemus actually does a thing. We talked a little bit about this before. Nicodemus does a thing that shows up so much in our cultural context right now. Um, as I put it in the sermon, in our in our cultural vernacular, Nicodemus is speaking his truth. That is, uh, what is true for him, which is uh, for me, Jesus is a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know how to segue into this point, so I might just keep talking and say <laughs> <laughs> what I want to say. Um, okay,
0: can I say one thing about the whole truth situation? Sure. Okay. I think when you are trying to form relationships with people and I don't care who they are, they're in the church, they're out of the church. I think finding that out is very important. So instead of rebutting and coming up against whatever they have to say, I think people are very passionate about what their truth is. And so that's, that can be used as a very good way to build a relationship and actually to get down to who the person is thinks that they are and who what they are as just a people to themselves you know what I mean
2: I agree with that and that's the motivation we see in Jesus right it's not yeah. to uh come after Nicodemus or get his get his own point across or um score some sort of whatever and so same thing the motivation for us has it ought to be the same not to not as you said not to re- I don't want to learn my my neighbor's point of view simply to tear it down or rebut it
0: right or to tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs>
2: At the same time, I do often find that there is something missing in my neighbor's point of view. Mm -hmm, Uh, For sure. And that's actually a good segue into what I wanted to talk about is is we live in a culture that puts a high value on tolerance and acceptance. That is the many times, however it might be expressed, that's kind of at the root of what what my neighbor or my coworker's point of view is is this idea of tolerance and acceptance that's what our world says is the loving thing to do right Mm -hmm. Uh, and i will agree that's a type of love um it's a type of love that that seeks to include everyone and make everyone feel good um and that's valuable at the same time uh very often it it doesn't go far enough right which is to say it doesn't answer the questions that we need answered. That's what we see from Nicodemus, right? Um, He wants to make an inclusive view. Yes, I will will incorporate you as a good teacher, but that hasn't met his need yet.
0: Well, I think a lot of times it's very surface level, right? So like, even when I find out somebody's truth, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily go super deep. Yeah. if that makes sense. And so it's like, they're just like floating on top of the surface. And it's like, I want to know why you're floating on top of the surface. So I can take you where you mm-hmm. need to go.
2: Yeah. And I like, like that
0: Yeah. And if I cut them off and I'm like, like, I've had a lot of people where like when somebody says my truth or whatever, they roll their eyes and it's like, that's not helpful.
2: <laughs> like well, like not, listen not, to what
0: their truth actually is.
2: Yeah, um, that's the that's the ticket to the
1: game right now. Yeah, we have to listen to what the truth
2: is, whether <laughs> we like that or not. Um,
1: I I like that point because I think a lot of people just haven't thought through the end of their their worldview, I guess. So like, mm-hmm. they know this one thing: they want to care for people, but they haven't thought through <clears throat> what that looks like in every situation. So you don't have to tell them they're wrong. Uh, If you think that, but maybe dig a little deeper and ask them questions. Uh, I I think that's a lot less threatening way to to explore uh, those ideas, I guess. So like if I was in a situation where I I disagreed with something someone was saying, I wouldn't say you're wrong. And this is why I would say, oh, that's interesting. So what about what about this situation? Or or I would say something like, yeah, I guess the way I I see it in my life is blah. so I guess it's just trying to find different ways to, to maybe talk through situations without being offensive.
2: I like questions such as "How does that play out for you?" or yeah. um, how, "How do you how do you see that working?" Um, mm-hmm. Questions that invite them to, um, to tell me how it's how it's going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I will make I'll make this point. You know, we'll see if you guys agree with me. Uh, <laughs> in terms of kind of again what is the I'll use this language for me the 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 place where tolerance and acceptance fall short the reason that it doesn't do what we need it to do uh is because our hearts were not designed for that um even in the garden right even in the midst of perfection of God's perfect plan his perfect creation perfect relationship with him he's literally walking along beside them even in that moment he puts boundaries uh, do not eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. Even in that moment, there are guidelines, there are boundaries, there are there are guardrails. This is what our heart is designed for. And so now we live in a cultural context that that says tolerance and acceptance has come to mean essentially anything goes. Mm-hmm. And there's value to that, right? Certainly we see people who are who are more welcomed into our society than they would have been. That's that's great. And yet, this is not what our hearts were designed for. So this is why I think that sometimes this way of looking at the world, again, does a lot of good things. We don't have to trash it. Yeah. does a lot of good things, but doesn't go all the way. Uh, yeah, to well, what. And what it, we were it
1: takes us to the other extreme where like, there are some things that are just not good for you. And it, is it really loving of me to just stand by while you're doing something destructive without saying anything? I, I think it, it's loving sometimes to say, I think you're on a bad path.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit then about how we, how we have that conversation and Aaron made a good point earlier. Um, well, you made a couple, I'm trying to, I'm trying to set you up to say the one that I want you to say. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> it's good thing that's on a recording. Cause I don't think he would have said that otherwise.
2: <laughs> got it, got it on. There's, there's video evidence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you made it the point about about um, Nicodemus being already kind of I think you used the word in the fold. Yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to say a little bit more about what you said there?
0: So I just think that like a lot of times we are talking to people who have no idea, right? Like my husband only knows stuff about like church and Jesus and all that stuff. He only knows what I tell him because he's not like reading the Bible. He's never, you know, he wasn't in church when he was little. He doesn't know any of that stuff. So I think um, when you come up with somebody who does know stuff, right, it's a bit of a different, you're working from a different playbook, if -hmm. that makes sense. And so Nicodemus had a lot of knowledge as far as like prophecy and what was going on. He just didn't have the pieces lined up the way that Jesus wanted him to.
1: Yeah, like in this situation, he's talking to someone who believes there's a God. He probably believed that a Messiah was coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, He believed that that God created the world and was still part of the world. Whereas for a lot of us, like I have a lot of friends who, like you said, didn't grow up in the church, don't know that there's a God or really even seem to care whether there is or not. So it's it's a different conversation.
2: Yeah, and so that's why Jesus goes right straight to born again And, Mm -hmm. and, you know. Um, yeah, I'll use the word challenging Nicodemus's uh, viewpoints pretty directly.
1: Uh,
2: for lots of our conversations, it doesn't start there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It might start simply with um, well, let's talk about that. How do we let's let's take, for example, an an early stage relationship, we'll say, um, which is a person who is not in the place of Nicodemus, who is maybe still even asking the question is there a God? Should I care about that? Maybe they haven't asked that question yet. (laughs) I think a lot
0: of times, like for the people I encounter, it's like, well, I don't need a God. Like I'm in control or like, I got, I like, I am the God. Like there's a lot of like talk about that or whatever. And my go-to phrase all the time is, whew, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have, I'm glad I don't have those pressures.
1: <laughs>
2: I like that. Let me, let me, let me press you to take the, to, to do the next phrase. That's a lot of pressure. Why do you not have that pressure?
0: Because I have Jesus. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so what's
2: Jesus. The, what I'm Jesus. asking for is what is a way of of pointing them to something new, something different? That's a lot of pressure, but...
0: think I need that step though because all these people I'm talking to know that I have God and Jesus so like okay, okay. they know the reason I don't have those pressures is because I have God
2: okay but if you did think you needed that step and you did want to say something along those lines <laughs>
0: then what? I would say probably like well God's in control or you know something mm-hmm. like that
2: yeah that's a, kind of along the lines of what I was thinking is God's it, in control
0: of my life I guess is what I would say
2: I like that piece my life not yeah. it doesn't have to be true for you yet right Uh, that was along the lines of what i was thinking is is how do we begin to point to something more than um this is what jesus is doing right point to something more than what my friend or my neighbor has even as they might be a long way from a conversation about being born of the spirit Mm -hmm. Uh, and so for me when you said that the thing that came into my head was something along the lines of you know, yeah, that is a lot of pressure. Really helpful for me in those moments that I know I can, I know I can lean on someone else other Mm -hmm. than me.
0: That's a good, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. One way that this has come about and like, I've had this situation talking with people is like that they have a lot of anxiety about like future things in their life. Like they don't know like what job to take or where to live or what to do with the kids. And like the way I've always seen it and way i try to communicate it is that i i put my trust that jesus knows the things i need and cares about them and i i pray all the time like jesus open the doors that need to be open and shut the doors that need to be closed and so far in my life he has done that for me uh -hmm. and doors have opened that should not have opened and uh doors have closed that probably should have stayed closed uh and it i I trust that he's going to lead me where i need to go and that's Way easier on me because I don't have to make the choices. He's going to do it for me.
0: Right. <laughs> yes, I agree with that.
1: Uh, I I don't know if this would be like a uh, beginning stage conversation, but I I have had a conversation uh, with friends, kind of that started this kind of this kind of conversation, where they're they're thinking about like what happens when you die and th- those kind of things, and a lot of times that will bring up um these world different worldview ideas is that they because they're, they're nervous about what's going to happen when they die because it's all unknown to them whereas for me they they see that i have peace about it and i'm, I'm not worried about when i die because i know i'm going to be with jesus uh, in a perfect eternity and so that leads to a lot of opportunity i think to um, have these discussions about what's different
2: I agree with that. Let's take one step further. Let's imagine now a conversation or, or a, a relationship in which uh, this person is saying, maybe there is something more than uh, tolerance and acceptance and make your own way and whatever is true for you goes. Uh, maybe that isn't working for me anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When we find ourselves in that moment. Number one, let's talk about how do we Honor them where they are, without again trashing the worldview that we don't need to. Mm-hmm. But then how, and how can we point them to, as you said, Aaron earlier on, bring them to Jesus? How can we point them to Jesus in that?
0: Well, I mean, if you read the gospel, Jesus was the number one like accepting and tolerant person in the history of the world like he was hanging out with all the people you shouldn't hang out with he was loving everybody no matter where they were no matter their station no matter what was happening to them so i just yeah, think
2: i agree with that but he's also always looking to point them to something more something better something different
0: but i think that's just because he wants better for them exactly you know what i mean like he, wa- he wants want more people around me but he wants them to be the best versions of who they are
2: he as, wants, as well as have a relationship with with the father that leads to their
0: right. but even that's the thing, even if I I think, which I could be wrong, but even if the people that he was loving never ever changed who they were as people, he would still love them.
2: great point. absolutely agree. However, that's he is trying to make them uh, have a different point of view.
1: Well, he's trying for example, to offer them the,
2: something else
1: the uh What's the rich right? young ruler who who didn't want to sell everything went away sad because Jesus told him like if you want to enter the kingdom this is what you got to do and he was like oh well I don't want to do that <laughs> and so like Jesus like while he was accepting and loving uh he also like was direct and saying this this isn't the lifestyle you need you need to change your lifestyle
2: yeah a, a different one will be better for you both as it relates and your point is correct a different one a different way of thinking and looking at the world will be better for you Um, both as it relates to your own self you'll be the best version of yourself but also you are welcome into this kingdom of god that's what i want you to see
0: right so i want want people to see that even if they never change who they are i mean obviously we have hope that they're going to change who they are but even if they don't like we're still going to love them
2: yes i agree with that I also want, because we're on a podcast that is trying to help others have those conversations, I would like to go beyond, maybe they never will or never have to. (laughs)
0: Okay.
2: Help try to help our listeners um, try to have the conversations that might lead to that.
0: I think showing people what could be is very attractive.
2: Yeah. And when you mean showing, you mean by your actions?
0: By my actions or even my words, like we said earlier, where it's like, I don't have the anxiety that you have because I put my faith in something that's bigger than me and bigger than everybody else. And so I don't need to put my faith in humans. I have faith in the guy that created it all.
2: <laughs> Here's the way that this, um, tolerance and acceptance thing often plays out for me and why how I connect it with faith is, um, one of the things that is true is this is an exhausting way to live, to always be on one's guard for, um, did I make a microaggression and, and um, ought I have said this differently? Is this okay to do or uh, to subscribe to or do I have to stop stop being a part of that? Is this person can't? It's an exhausting way to live, and I'm not again. I'm not trying to talk down the worldview. Um, what I have often said is again all those things lots of those things have value there is certainly value in um treating people the right way and not supporting those who treat them the wrong way Mm -hmm. and yet one of the reasons that i don't get so worked up about that is because my relationship with jesus my faith i would say either of those things depending on who i'm talking to my faith or my relationship with jesus gives me some certainty it gives me a foundation to stand on Um, the 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 challenge i think for so many people is that tolerance and acceptance is a great goal but it's almost bottomless on its own it's never finished there's no this is tim keller's point on its own there's no there's no end to it there's no bottom to it my faith my relationship with jesus can give a foundation for that it it can it can help us know (laughs) when you know something to stand on when we something to rest in um, so those might all be phrasings that you could use. This is, I, you know, I have, I rest in my faith. Um, I don't get as, as worked up or as, as upset, um, because I had my, my, my faith gives me that foundation.
0: And I actually think that the tolerance and acceptance, that whole like thing has been a replacement for uh steadfast love. Right. Cause like we get steadfast love, we get that. And so I think it's the world trying to create its own steadfast love, but without saying that because that's so biblical, right? Like that's so Jesus. That's
2: really and so, so well, what you're saying then, if I hear it correctly, is the the goal of tolerance acceptance is always be loving.
0: The goal of tolerance and acceptance is to create a loving environment without using the word love. Mm-hmm. Like they're almost trying to like manufacture it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the way Jesus did it was he wasn't manufacturing anything. Right. And I feel like if we have relations with people, relationship with people, and we have a loving relationship with somebody, we're automatically going to have that tolerance and acceptance. We don't need to be forced into it. You know what right. I'm saying?
2: Um, I agree with that. And also your point made me think of something else. Um when you say that it is trying to create a certain environment i absolutely agree with you it's certainly a a a project to create a type of world and that world has a lot of overlap with what we would call the kingdom of god absolutely here's a way that we can connect those two together in common ground is to say i am looking forward to that whatever it is you you neighbor coworker, friend are looking for I want the world to be um, A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. The way that that I could foresee having that conversation is to say, yeah, I'm looking forward to all those things too. Uh, For me, I happen to believe that they come through um, the work that God is doing in the world and I want to be a part of that. So it's that same thing we've said before. There are multiple ways of getting at this for me it comes through my relationship with Jesus. I believe it's what God is doing in the world and I want to be a part of that right. Yeah.
0: But I do think we need to be really intentional about not being sin police when it comes to these conversations.
2: True. Uh the gospel changes hearts
1: more than the law.
0: Right. Which I is hard.
1: Only, I only push back on that. Uh, I'm not saying we should be sin police, but uh <laughs> andrew
0: we'll get you we'll get you a little badge
1: (laughs) hey wait i want a badge okay giving badges Uh, is there a line where you're being so tolerant and accepting that you're not being loving anymore like if if you know someone is doing something that's destructive uh or like and and you're you're not willing to say anything to help like get them back on a path that's less destructive is that loving because you don't want to offend them you want to be tolerant of what they're doing but it's it's a a a thing that's going to hurt them in the long run Andrew, are you referring to people who are making to not say anything
2: are you referring to people whose actions or choices are actively damaging to them or people they care about
1: uh Yes, and but but also like spiritually, like things that they they wouldn't see maybe in this lifetime.
2: I'll say I'll answer both. Then um, obviously, if a person's um, way of looking at the world leads them to do things that are damaging to them, uh, certainly you want to do your best to speak into that. Um, and by the same token, this is to your other point of maybe. Maybe it's not hurting them, but they're just missing something spiritually. Uh, This is, again, why I've been pushing so hard for accepting and Mm. accepting and pointing to something more. Which is to say, I I will walk along with you as your friend, as your neighbor, Mm -hmm. Um, even while you are doing the thing that I think is less than what God God has best for you. Mm -hmm. All the time, I want to be looking for opportunities to point you to that best thing. Mm. Right.
0: So I have to say, we are actually going through that exact situation in my life right now with someone, and um, we have noticed that we, I mean, we can't make him make good decisions. That's not our job, right? But every time he comes at us and tells us about a decision he's going to make, we say that's a, that's a bad decision,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? But then we he, we don't keep saying it. You know what I mean? Like then he's going to go and he's going to do the bad decision that he's decided to do anyway. And you can't stop him from doing the bad decision. The only thing that we can do is stay here and stay constant in his life and stay where he knows that he's going to be loved no matter what.
2: Right. And keep pointing him to Jesus.
0: Right. And so we just keep like every time he comes up with another bad decision, we're like, that's a bad decision. And, uh, but if we were to keep saying like, that's a bad decision, that's a horrible thing. Don't do that. Like if we were to keep saying it over and over again, he's heard us the first time we told him it was a bad decision. So we don't need to keep calling him every week and telling him it's a bad decision. You right. know what I mean? He knows where we stand on the subject. So mm-hmm. rather than keep talking about it and possibly deteriorating the relationship, yeah. we just, we decide that we're going to tell him when he makes it like, before he makes a bad decision, we're going to say, that's not a good decision. And then we're going to keep loving him throughout all the bad decisions he's making.
2: Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Say what's
1: true, right? There is more for him. I don't think this is it. Right. Uh, You don't have to hammer hammer them in the head every time you see him. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually,
0: I think the better witness is that we're still loving him, even though he keeps making these bad decisions.
1: Right.
2: right? So, and he knows, he
0: knows we think they're bad decisions, you know, and it's like, but we're still going to be here and we're still going to love you even when this turns out the way that we knew it was going to turn out, we don't say, I told you so, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We just keep loving him even though he continues to make the same bad decisions over and over again. (laughs) And maybe someday he won't. I mean, that's what the hope of Jesus gives us, you know?
1: I think there is a, it depends on the relationship too. So like there's times where like I've had a a friend who I'm not super close with, but has, has told me something that they're into that I don't think is good for them. Uh, but we don't necessarily have the relationship where I could tell them that. Uh, a lot of times, you, like they, they probably know how you feel about it. Uh, so saying it isn't always the best thing. Um, there are times when it's better to hold your tongue, probably.
2: Yeah, and yet yeah, <laughs> we're going, we've gone real long. But <laughs> 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 this is a big topic,
1: though.
2: Here's Andrew. I agree with you. Sometimes I'm not in the relational position to directly say yeah. do that but Mm -hmm. what i could foresee is a question along the lines of what do you what do you get out of that right yeah um oh you know it really helps me um i don't know what it is um whatever that is there's generally like probably for me there's something of my relationship with jesus that gives me that fills that need for me
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point
2: so if you're not if you're not at the point where you directly want to call it out, but you do want to say something that points in toward Jesus, maybe that intermediate step of, you know, tell me a little bit about why you're, why you why you chose that. What what's it doing for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that thing probably is something that Jesus speaks to, or the need that He fills. A need that He fills, right? Should it's we wrap up? Time. I think so. Okay.
0: That was a good okay. combat. That was, that, was a lot to, that was a lot to unpack.
2: A lot to unpack. We can yeah. go twice as long, but nobody That's wants
0: okay. that. It was worth it.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Pastor, you want to pray for us? Sure.
2: Father, thank you for uh, not only giving us the model of Nicodemus, uh, Jesus, uh, hanging with him even as he came with a, an incomplete answer, as he came missing something important that he was looking for, but thank you also for loving us that way, um, for giving us, what we're looking for even sometimes before many of us before we looked for it lord with that model in mind help us to approach our friends our neighbors our coworkers, uh, who do have a certain way of looking at the world that uh, often comes up short Uh, help us to approach them not with the mindset of uh, how we can uh, get our point across or how we can come after them but how we can offer them um, the rest of the story the rest of what you have for them that is the hope and the certainty that we have um, and that we would, um, as Andrew said, uh, have the right open doors and the right closed doors at times to keep the relationship strong until that moment when uh, they can come uh, to, to to know you better. In Jesus' name, we pray that. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have Bye, a great week. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website. Cornerstone Lutheran Church